greetings from Pastor Ryan. He called me this morning to tell me he was praying for me, which is a good thing. Amen. Amen. Perhaps you're wondering where we are as a church at this stage. And with humility, I just want to tell you where, where, we, where I think we are, where I sense we are. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We've, been, we've received a solid word on this platform. Words that have challenged us, words that have rocked us. I don't know about you, but I've been challenged by the words that have been preached here. Sometimes they actually feel very hard. But we, have, we are beyond that season now. The foundation has been laid. Amen. Amen. Just tell your neighbor the foundation has been laid. Just tell me if they are serious. Look them in the face and tell them this foundation has been raised. Amen. So the foundation has been established this year. I believe we are going into a time of raising the walls now. It has all been internal. Whatever we've been doing has not gone out there. Maybe in social media, yes. But has been very internal, equipping us for the work of the ministry. It's time for us to begin to build. And the walls of this foundation will begin to come up. And the, the people around this neighborhood will see those walls coming up and they will run to come and help build that wall. Amen. Amen. That is the season we are going into. Into 2020, that is where we are going. It's not a surprise. You can clap. It's fine. It's fine. So that's the season where we're going to. A season of building the walls, raising up the walls. Amen. And it's not a coincidence that I'm talking about the ministry of the Holy Spirit because we're going to need it. We're going to need him for that work. Without the Holy Spirit, we can do nothing, absolutely nothing. Amen. I want you to posture your heart because you're going to receive the gifts of the Holy Spirit today to prepare you for next day. Amen. Amen. All right, so I'll take you through some teaching as well. I like to teach, so I'll take you through a bit of teaching so that you're grounded, so that you know what we're talking about. Because when people hear about the Holy Spirit, they start feeling, uh, uh, feel anxious. Yeah? Some people say it's scoopy. <laughs> Scoop. Spooky. My wife has just corrected me there. But when you hear about the Holy Spirit, we get this feeling that ah, maybe, it's, and it's, maybe it's the problem of us ministers. We actually portray it as falling down, and there's more to that. And I'm going to share that today with you. You leave this place understanding that you actually need the Holy Spirit to live in your day-to-day -day life. I want to simplify it for you today. Amen. Amen. I want you to leave this place feeling that you have the Holy Spirit and working with the Holy Spirit every day of your life. That is my target. If I achieve that uh, with the help of the Holy Spirit, I'll be very happy. So in modern times, the, the, the title Holy Spirit and Holy Ghost are kind of used synonymous. They, they sound like, I mean, it's, it was used, or it's currently being used as the same. When you hear about the Holy Spirit and the Holy Ghost, it's one and the same thing. But in the olden days or the past days, the title Holy Spirit was used to describe 
or to pattern to God's Spirit or the Lord's Spirit. That was Holy Spirit. And then the Holy Ghost was used to describe the third person in the Trinity. So who is this Holy Spirit? Is the Holy Spirit just an influence? Which is kind of what we think. I don't know about you, but for a very long time, I thought it was just get anointed in the power of the Holy Spirit, feel the influence, and that's it. But it's much more than that. Amen. The Holy Spirit is a person. And the amazing thing is that he's living in, inside you. For as long as you've accepted Christ, you have the Holy Spirit living inside you. And he's just waiting for your voice to activate him. You can imagine, for those of you who are married, getting married to someone and then you don't talk to them. How will they feel? Will they be useful to you? They won't be useful to you. And that is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is living inside us. That's what the Word of God says. And the Holy Spirit was promised to us. So the Holy Spirit is like a receiver and transmitter of kind of two worlds. The earth here and the heavenlies. And how many of you know that everything that is established here first starts from the heavenlies? Whatever you see, it's much more than what you see. Because it's established first in the heavenly places. And without the Holy Spirit, you can't connect to that. You will always be very earthly and fleshly if you don't have the Holy Spirit working in you. In Joel, I'll just uh, take you through a scripture when the Holy Spirit was actually promised. Joel 2 from 28-32, it says, And it shall come to, pa- it shall come to pass afterwards that I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams, and young men shall see visions. And also upon the servants and upon the maidens in those days, I'll pour out my spirit. And I'll, I'll show wonders in the, heavenlies, in the heavens and on the earth, blood and fire and the pillar of smoke. The sun shall turn into dark and the moon into blood before the great and terrible day of the Lord comes. And 32 says, And it shall come to pass that whoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered or saved. For in Mount Zion, and I want to say in Frontline, Frontline shall be delivered. Amen. As the Lord has said, and is the remnant whom the Lord shall call. And that remnant is you. So the Holy Spirit was promised way, way back. And I want to share with you some of the scriptures in Old Testament where the Holy Spirit was actually already part of the ministry. And I will share both Old and, Test- uh, Old and New Testament so that you see that the Holy Spirit has always been there. You remember when God was creating? The Spirit of the Lord was hovering over the earth. And then he started creating, he started speaking. He started giving voice to the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit created so the Holy Spirit has always been there. It's not a new, uh, new, new age uh, Christianity thing. It's always been there. It's in the Word of God, and I'll share some of those. 
So let's just look at some of the ministries of the Holy Spirit, just to, to help you so that you can, we can break it down. What does the Holy Spirit actually do? Number one, he rests upon us. And in Isaiah 11, uh, it says, cut off, the cut off strap of Jesse will sprout, and a, fruit, and a fruitful branch will grow from the roots. The spirit of Yahweh will rest upon him. The spirit of extraordinary wisdom, the spirit of perfect understanding, the spirit of wise strategy, the spirit of mighty power, the spirit of revelation, and the spirit of the fear of Yahweh. How many of you are looking for power to be able to carry on with what you do on a daily basis? He rests upon you. So the Holy Spirit rests upon us to give us power, to give us strategy, to give us perfect understanding. So that's the one thing that he does. I'm, I'm sure all of us would want a bit of that to be effective. The second thing that the Holy Spirit does is he makes us productive. So the first one is he rests upon us. The next one is he makes us productive. And in Isaiah 32 verse 15 it says, Until the Spirit is poured out upon us from, the, from on high, and the wilderness become fertile field, the fertile field is valued as the fertile field is valued as a forest. So the wasted land will become a forest and will cover the earth. So you can see that the Holy Spirit, when the Holy Spirit comes upon us, he actually makes that dead thing in your life, that desert place where you are, he makes he makes rivers of living water to flow out of that desert. And plants or life will begin to mushroom and, and, and spring forth. That is the Holy Spirit in your life. Amen. And as I, as, I, as, I, as I speak through these things, I want faith to be stirred in your heart because you're going to receive the gifts of the Holy Spirit. You already have the Holy Spirit, but you're going to receive the gifts of the Holy Spirit today. The third thing it does is that it gives us ability and expertise. It makes you smart, the young people would say, and gives you ability. And in Exodus 31, verse 2, it says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Look, I have specifically chosen Bazalel, son of Uri, and grandson of Uri, of a tribe of Judah. I have filled him with the Spirit of God, giving him great wisdom, ability, expertise in all kind of craft, he is master in, craft, in, craft, in craftsman, expert in working with gold, silver, and bronze. So the Holy Spirit gives you ability and expertise. Amen. Do you have some goldsmith here? Hmm? Uncle Stephen, those things that you produce, those wonderful things, is inspired by the Holy Spirit. He gives you ability to create them. I don't know if you've seen Uncle Stephen's uh, work, brilliant work. The, the next thing that it does is that he will bring excellency into your life. And in Daniel 6, verse 3 says, this then, this then Daniel distinguished himself above the governors and the satraps, because an excellent spirit was in him. And the king gave, him, gave, gave thought of setting him over the whole realm. So when the Holy Spirit is active in you, or, or is upon you, or resting upon you, your bosses will begin to see you in a different position. 
Because they see the spirit and the humility that is in you. And I can tell you I'm a living testimony of that. With confidence. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Jesus, for your excellence. How many of us would want excellence in what you do? That the world, that is the only thing that will actually attract the world. When they see the excellence in us, when they see how well we're doing, they'll begin to ask, what is the difference? And the only difference is the Holy Spirit. It's not our effort. There are things that I've done that I, I also look back, I pinch myself and say, how, where did that come from? That's the Holy Spirit living in me and working with me. Amen. He helps us to pray. Zechariah 12, verse 10. It says, Then I will pour out a spirit of grace and prayer on the family of David and on the people of Jerusalem. They will look on me whom they have pierced and mourn for, for, for him as an only son. They will grieve bitterly for him as for a firstborn son who has died. So it helps us to pray. The Holy Spirit helps us to pray. And you will see further down in the New Testament that uh, how he helps us to pray. Are we still together? Are we learning something? So if you struggle with prayer, like prayer in your life, ask the Holy Spirit to help you. He will help you. Prayer is not your own effort. I can tell you that. If you bring your own effort, you will be very frustrated. And it will be hard. But when the Holy Spirit starts to work in you, you will go for hours of prayer without wanting to stop and desiring him. So if you're here, and I, I know the Lord is speaking to your heart. If you're here in your heart and you're like, I've really struggled to pray. The Lord is saying, today is your day. Today is your day. Today is your day to receive that power of prayer. Amen. He gives us power. And in Acts chapter 1, verse 8 says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witness, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So it gives us power. When, when you receive the Holy Spirit, you receive power. That is what all of us want, right? Most of us just want the power. Amen. So it will give you power. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you have power. So I kind of look at it like you can have, we can have electricity here or power, but without switching it on, you're not going to see the lights. So that's kind of what we, we're doing. We have the power sitting within us, but the power is just redundant. You have excess capacity. It's like having this, um, I know Brother King does, uh, um, uh, uh, he does solar panels, and you need a battery, backup batteries. You can have power in the backup battery, but if you don't use it, it will remain there. We'll wait for you to use it. So we've received the power, but we're not using it. And my urge to you, I'm stirring you up to use that power that you've received. And we'll activate that power uh, uh, in the service. He convicts us of sin. 
John 16, 7 to 8 says, but, there, but, but here is the truth. It's to your advantage that I go away. For if I don't go away, the divine encourager will not be released to you. But after I depart, I'll send him to you. And when he comes, he will ex expose sin and prove that the world is wrong about God's righteousness and his judgment. So he convicts us. He puts us in the narrow. And you will see further down that he actually helps us to live in righteousness as well. He restores us, renews us, and refreshes us. I know my brother Gerald was talking about the experience that we've gone through this year. The only person who can refresh you, renew you, and restore you is the Holy Spirit. He comes back to restore. In 2 Corinthians 4, verse 16 says, Therefore, we do not become discouraged, spiritless, disappointed, or afraid. But our outman, outward self is progressively wasting away. Yet our inner self is being progressively renewed day by day. So the Holy Spirit renews us. He renews you. You become fresh and fresh when you spend time with the Holy Spirit. You get renewal. He fills us with righteousness. Uh, Romans 14 verse 17 says, For the, for the kingdom of God is not, a, is not a matter of rule about food and drink, but in the realm of the Holy Spirit, filled with righteousness, peace, and joy. Amen. Another version said the kingdom of God is not about meat and, and, and drink. We had a lot of that yesterday in our connect group, I must say. We had so much meat celebrating for our end of year Christmas. So guys, it's not about just meat and drink. It's about righteousness, peace, and joy. It's more important. So he fills us with righteousness, peace, and joy. He equips us as able ministers. So for us to take that mandate that is there on the wall, and we are leaving the mandate, we need to be equipped as ministers. Without that, we'll not be able to minister. 2 Corinthians 3, verse 4 to 6 says, We carry this confidence in our hearts because of our union with Christ before God. Let Yet we do not see ourselves as capable enough to do anything in our own strength. For our true competence flows from God's empowering presence. He alone makes us adequate ministers who are focused on an entirely new covenant. Our ministry is not based on the letter of the law, but through the power of the Holy Spirit. For the letter of the law kills but the Spirit pours out life. So that's the Spirit of God. He's the one who's going to make us restore cities, transform nations and societies. It's the work of the Holy Spirit. We're not depending on ourselves. We're not looking for our bank account or the money that we have. We're depending entirely on the Holy Spirit to do that work. You can get millionaires and billionaires, but they won't do that work. Because that is a life transformation work. Money can, can do all things, but it has a limit. 
But the work of the Holy Spirit in us will begin, we will begin to see transformation. Here in the south, next to the nations, and we heard what God said uh, earlier. So he gives us, uh, he equips us as able ministers. So if you're feeling like you're not there, the Holy Spirit will equip you and make you an able minister. You'll do exploits because of the working of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Are we still together? He leads us into all truth. John 16, uh, uh, 13 says, But when the truth-giving Spirit comes, He will unveil the, the reality of every, every, every truth within you. So the truth is sitting within you. He won't speak His own message, but only what He hears from the Father. And He will reveal prophetically to you what is to come. So imagine when you have the Holy Spirit, you can actually see what is ahead of you. How powerful is that? You'd be able to prepare. So it leads us into all truth. God's, the foundation of God's kingdom is built on the truth. And if we need to access that truth, we need to connect with the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to share with you how to do that. He helps us fight and overcome the flesh. Galatians uh, 5 um, verse 17 says, The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. The Spirit gives us desi desires that are opposite to what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. So you are not free to carry out your good intentions. So it's the Holy Spirit that will enable us to overcome the flesh. Killing the flesh is not easy. I can tell you that. How many, uh, Auntie Noah, sorry to use you, he was just telling me that she was struggling this morning to wake up for her devotion. And she told the flesh, flesh, you must die. <laughs> Three times. And then she got up. So it's tough to, to manage the flesh because they're always at war, at loggerhead with the spirit. He inspires true worship. So the worship that we experience is inspired by the Holy Spirit. In John 4, 23 to 24, it says, From here on, worshiping the Father will not be a matter of, of, of the right place, but with the right heart. For God is a spirit, and he longs to have sincere worshipers who worship and adore him in the realm of the spirit and in truth. So if you really want to access or be inspired to have a true worship, the Holy Spirit is the only, is the only one who can activate that. The good news is that he's in us. So we can't even feel bad about it. I expect you to be excited because he's in you. Yeah? And we, we know we've experienced spontaneous worship like last week and today. That is inspired by the Holy Spirit. He's in us and he's at work. Sometimes we just close our eyes to that, but he's at work. He fellowships with us. 2 Corinthians thirteen fourteen says, The grace of the Lord Jesus and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. So the Holy Spirit fellowships with us. And he longs for that. To fellowship with us. And he's here. He's here. The Holy Spirit is here. 
He reveals God's heart to us. So if you want to know the heart of the Father, including the things that are yet to come, you must connect with the Holy Spirit. He's able to reveal the heart of the Father to you, what God wants to do in your life and the people around you. It's only the Holy Spirit that can do that. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 9, 12 says, This is why the scripture says, Things never discovered or heard of before, things beyond our ability to imagine. These things are the many things God has in store for you, for, for, for all his lovers. But God now reveals these profound realities to us by, his, by the Spirit. Yes, he has revealed to us his innermost heart and deepest mysteries through the Holy Spirit, who constantly explores all things. After all, who can really see into a person's heart and know his hidden impulses except for the, that person's spirit? So it is with God. His thoughts and secrets are only fully understood by his spirit, the spirit of, the spirit of God. For he did not receive the spirit of this world system, but the spirit of God, so that he might come to understand and experience all that, all that grace, all that grace has lavished upon us. So he reveals to us the heart of the Father. So if you want to know the heart of the Father, it's the Holy Spirit. How many of you would want to know the heart of God? He helps us with higher knowledge. 1 Corinthians 14, 14 says, For if I am praying in tongues, my spirit is engaged in prayer, but I have no clear understanding of what is being, happened, what, what is being said. So you, when you pray in the spirit, you actually access higher knowledge than what you currently have in your uh, being. It fills our thirst. And I like that. I, I'm sure he's going to fill our thirst today. John 7, 37 says, Then on the most important day of the feast, the last day, Jesus stood and shouted out to the cloud, All you thirsty ones, come to me. Come to me and drink. Believe in me so that the rivers of living water will burst up from, from within you, flowing from your innermost being. Just like the scripture says, Jesus was prophesying about the Holy Spirit that the believers were being prepared to receive. But the Holy Spirit had not yet been poured out upon them because Jesus had not yet unveiled his full splendor. So he fills us. He fills us. How many of you are hungry and thirsty today? He's going to fill you. He's going to fill you this morning. He teaches us to bring into remembrance. But when the, and, uh, it's in John 14, 26, it says, When the Father sends the Spirit of holiness, the one like me who sets you free, he will teach you all things in my name and will inspire you to remember every word that I've told you. And revelation brings transformation. How many of you know that? When you know something, when something is revealed, you begin to transform. So it teaches us things to remember. I guess going through all this, you can see that everything that I've shared is your kind of day-to-day -day life. It's not something that is far-fetched. 
we need secrets, we need strength, we need to be renewed, we need to be refreshed, we need to learn how to pray, we need to be taught to bring to remembering stuff. All that is day-to-day life. It's not something that you pack in the box somewhere. So the relevance of the Holy Spirit or the ministry of the Holy Spirit is relevant to everyone in this room. If you want to live an effective life here on earth, you need the Holy Spirit. Amen. Do we all agree that we need the Holy Spirit? Amen. And you can, uh, I know we have these slides, you can uh, always have the scriptures. And just, you need to meditate in these scriptures to just see what the work of the Holy Spirit is in your, and then once you begin to motor that, it will, or it will drive you to ask for more of his work. You'll ask for more. As you go through this day-to-day life, you you'll begin to realize that I actually need the Holy Spirit to drive. I need the Holy Spirit to cook. I always joke with my wife that my cooking is inspired by the Holy Spirit. And by the way, the food is very nice. I have some witnesses in the house. When I start to cook, I don't plan that. This, I just mix stuff. I was with one of my sisters and was wondering, what is wrong with this man? He's just cutting stuff and throwing that was yesterday. But that's the Holy Spirit. If you trust the Holy Spirit to help you cook, he will help you cook. How cool is that? Yeah. All right, so let's just look at some practical ways, and, I, and I, I know time is going out. Practical ways of connecting with the Holy Spirit, because this will help you. We've, we all know that we need the Holy Spirit. There's no doubt in our day-to-day life. What I want to do now is to show you some of the ways of connecting to the Spirit to the Holy Spirit. He's already within you. It's just activating him. Amen. Amen. So let's look at some of the ways uh, of um, connecting, practical ways. And this is not the only way. There will be more, much, many more ways or patterns, but these are the ones that I've experienced and, 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 and uh, learned of. So the first thing, if you want to experience the Holy Spirit, and I'll give, a, I'll give chance to those who have not uh, come to Christ. You can't have the Holy Spirit without Christ. That is for sure. There's no doubt about that. And I will give you opportunity. I'll give you front row. The first chance that I will give to anyone to receive anything will be you to receive salvation. It says uh, in, in uh, Acts 2.38, Peter replied, Each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus for the the forgiveness of your sins. That's the starting point. So if you're living in sin, you need to repent. If you don't know Christ specifically, you need to repent. You need to come to Christ. Then the Holy Spirit will be deposited in you. The Holy Spirit is like a deposit. Number two, uh, and this is now for everyone, you need to develop consciousness that he's with you. So kind of when you start the cooking, say, Holy Spirit, you're here with me. Or you're driving, you need to develop that conscious, constant conscious that the Holy Spirit, that he is there with you. Acknowledge him in all your ways. Whether you're going to sleep, Holy Spirit, you're here. 
And it actually helps you to picture, to put it in picture. You go in a boardroom meeting, you get the sense that the Holy Spirit is sitting next to you. There are meetings that you can open before even the meeting opens. Because the Holy Spirit is there. It's not limited by time. So you need, we, we need to have that consciousness and acknowledge him in all our ways. And 1 Corinthians, and I'll back this with scripture, 1 Corinthians 3 verse 16 says, Don't you realize that together you have become God's inner sanctuary? That the Spirit of God makes his permanent home in you. Thank you because you're here. He's here. He's made a permanent home in you. As long as you have accepted Christ, the Holy Spirit is there. But it's just up to you to create that consciousness and awareness that he's there with you. Through that troubled waters, he's there. Through the challenges that you're facing, he's there. And, and I liked what uh, Jared said about work with him. Don't work against him. Work with the Holy Spirit. Because he's there. He's in your heart. So you need, this is something that you do deliberately. Every step of the way, you must say, Holy Spirit, I know you're here. You can even start by just saying it. Then as you say it, it will sink. And you begin to realize that you need him in your day-to-day work and everything that you do. And the next thing is that you need to pray in the Spirit. I'm giving you practical ways of connecting with the Holy Spirit. Because we've seen the work of the Holy Spirit or the ministry of the Holy Spirit. I need to now give you... How do you connect? And, and, and one of them is that the next one is pray in the Spirit. Jude 1.20 says, But you, my delightful love, loved friends, constantly and progressively build yourself up on the foundation of your most holy faith by praying every moment in the Spirit. So just begin to pray in tongues. That is praying in the Spirit. And we're going to activate that this morning as well. Just pray in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. When you're stuck, pray in the Spirit. It will come to your rescue. And then the, the fourth one is learn to hear His voice by quietening your flesh. Sometimes we are so distracted with many things that we actually forget that the Holy Spirit is with us. I think that's one of the greatest challenges. my challenge too. To just quieten the things around you, your flesh, to just ask those things to put them to rest. And I would encourage you, one of the things that I do, this works for me, uh, it may not work for you, is actually fast. To quieten myself so that the Spirit can speak. I don't fast because I want to be lean, but because I want to kill the flesh. I'm working on myself. Once everything in my body quietens down, the Holy Spirit begins to speak and commune with me. Because that void that you have created or that space that you've created, he comes and occupies it and begins to expand his work in you. So you learn to hear his voice. Sometimes you just need to breathe in. You guys know that actually when you breathe in, kind of you stop thinking. When you breathe in and think about your breath, like breathe in, you quieten things a lot. So just try that. 
Maybe it works for me, it may not work for you, but try it. Just breathe in to quieten, to quieten everything. Just breathe in and begin to hear your breath. The Holy Spirit will start to whisper to you. And the scripture that I have is Psalms 103, verse 3 says, So bless the Lord all his messengers of power. For you are his mighty heroes who listen intently to the voice of his word to do it. So listen to him. Listen to the voice of his word. And then number five is recognize that you are primarily a spirit being. You're not a physical uh, being. Just. You are a spirit being. And once you recognize that, you then w- you'll be attracted by the things of the spirit. Once you recognize that I'm not flesh and blood and, and soul only, I'm a spirit being, you begin to feed that spirit. So you must recognize that you're primarily a spirit being. We have a soul and we live in a body. Job 33 verse 4 says, The spirit of God has made me, and the breath of the, the Almighty gives me life, which inspires me. Amen. Okay. And then the, the sixth one is spend time in his presence in prayer and worship. Sometimes you just need to spend time in praying. Even if you don't understand, you pray in the spirit. That's why it's very important for us to be filled by the Holy Spirit and speak in tongues. And I'm hoping some people will be filled this morning. Psalms 91 verse 2 to 3 says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. So spend time in his prayer. Sometimes just worship, sing. You know some of my sisters, they just play the worship, uh, you play a worship song if you can't sing and follow through. It will connect, you will create the connection. Amen. Am I helping you today? Amen. All right, meditate. Uh, the next one is meditate on God's word, specific verses, and create a picture in your heart. Because the Bible says that counsel, and you can take that one, counsel in the heart of a man is like a well and bubbles and just keep that picture so when you're struggling with making a decision you just keep muttering that scripture counsel in my heart is like deep waters and a man of understanding draws it out amen once you do that and oh you're struggling with healing you can just start saying, he took my infirmities. And once you, as you keep doing that, the Holy Spirit will activate those words in your mind and in your heart. You just keep doing it, keep doing it, keep muttering and keeping the picture. See yourself healed. See yourself on that cross. All this pain has been nailed to the cross. I don't have it anymore. And just keep that picture and posture. You'll see the, the, the wonders that you have. Joshua 1.8 says, this, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then 
you will make your ways prosperous. And then you will have good success. So if you're looking for good success, spend time in God's word. And then lastly, the truth is anything of value to you, if truly, truly, truly the Holy Spirit is of value to you, I can tell you with my hand on heart, you must plan for it. It's not just going to come by mistake that something will just miraculously happen. You must plan for it. If you really value the work of the Holy Spirit which we have described, you must plan for it. Therefore, you need to dedicate time to meet him. Have a chat with him. And be intentional with things like, because he also speaks to us through dreams and visions. Be intentional. Write them down. When the Holy Spirit speaks to you in dreams and visions, don't just wave it. Keep records of it. Of those words. That's the work of the Holy Spirit in you. So you have to be intentional. And, and you can be, it can be once a day or twice a day, depending on, start small. Even if it's once a day, it's good. And you don't have to be religious about it. Because you've seen the benefit of what the Holy Spirit, working with the Holy Spirit, will do in, can do in your life, you'll have some sacrifice. You'll have, there's a payment. There's a sacrifice that you have to make, and that sacrifice could be your time. You know, sometimes we think sacrifice is just money. And Daniel 6, verse 10, my last scripture says, Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went home and in his upper room, with his windows open towards Jerusalem, he knelt down on his knees three times that day and prayed and gave thanks before his God. And as was his custom since very early days, so this is a practice that you actually develop. Once you develop the practice, and I said you need to be very intentional about um, uh, this, this thing. It's not something that is just going to happen. And I can tell you the flesh will fight, fight with you. Because remember, I read a scripture that says the spirit and the flesh are at war. It's war. For you to say, I'm going to spend 30 minutes with the Holy Spirit. Yay, the flesh will cry out. We'll tell you, you need to go and see this person. You need to eat food. You need to take care of your children. It will give you very nice excuses. But if, it, if this is important for you, you will spend time. And you value it. Amen. Have I helped you this morning? Amen.